Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Today on episode 203 of Just Another Fanboy, I'm talking about issue number one of Why the Last Man from September of 2002. Join me, won't you? Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the only podcast that loves nature with all of its heart but prefers to view it from an air-conditioned room. My name is Steven, and I'm your host. What's up? I hope everybody's doing well. Hey, before we get any further, before we go even a minute longer than what we're going right now, I just want to announce real quick that I want to try to start something up. Starting in September, I want to start doing the book of the month. And if you follow me on Twitter... If you are a member of the Or Else Facebook group, you have seen the polls that I have put up there in which I'm asking folks to pick one of four books that we can all read and then I will talk about in episode number 207, which is scheduled for September 14th. So your choice of books are, I basically I chose a Marvel book, a DC book, and then two non-Marvel and DC books. From Marvel, we've got Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch Classic, Volume 1. This is the Ghost Rider from the 90s when they brought him back, not as Johnny Blaze, but as Danny Ketch. From DC, I've got Green Arrow, Year 1 by Andy Diggle and Jock. From Boom Studios, actually, I think it might even be a Boombox book. I have Wind, Book 1, The Flight of the Prince. And then from over at Image Comics, I've chosen Paper Girls, Volume 1. So basically, if you want to get in on this vote, you can go over to the Twitter. Just find me at at Stephen or else. You can always join the or else Facebook group if you'd like, or you can just email me at feedback at justanotherfanboy.com and tell me which book you want to read and give me your thoughts about next month. You have until Friday the 20th to provide me with your vote or to go out to Twitter or to go to the or else Facebook group. Those are your options, folks. Let me know which one you want me to read 
which one you want to read and which one we're all going to talk about. Well, mostly I'll be doing the talking, but you know, you can throw your comments my way and I will read those out on the show. All right, so let's get beyond that and let's talk about what we're here to talk about. And that is Why the Last Man, issue number one. This was a DC Vertigo book. This was written by Brian K. Vaughn with pencils by Pia Guerra, inks by Jose Marzan Jr., colors by Pamela Rambo, and the letters were done by Clem Robbins. Now, this book was published in September of 2002. This is very important. The reason why it's very important is because this book was being published during a period of time that I was not reading comics. I was an off-again, off-again comic fan, depending on what kind of cash I had available to me. And I'd, I was away from comics starting sometime in the late 90s until 2004. So by the time I got back into comics, Why the Last Man was in like its second freaking year. So I skipped this series entirely. I mean, I got back into comics. I start listening to podcasts eventually. Guys like Comic Geek Speak come out and and they're all talking about why The Last Man and what a great series it is. And by that point, they've been reading it for a few years. But for me, I, I was not there at the beginning, so I never went back to check it out. Actually, I may have gotten the trade for the, for the, the first volume at the library once back in the day, but I don't think I ever finished it. The only reason I'm going to... The only reason I'm picking it up now is because they've got a TV show coming out over on FX slash Hulu, and it's based on Why the Last Man. And I saw the trailer the other day, and I thought it looked really good. If y'all know me in any sense of the word, then you know that I am a sucker for post-apocalyptic. Apocalyptic? Is that the word that I'm looking for? I don't think so. Y'all know that I'm a sucker for post-apocalyptic fiction. You could say post-apocalyptic. That could be apocalyptic fiction, just 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 twisted together, shortened, shorthand, like a like a proper dude, like a like a winner, like me would say. But I wouldn't say it because if I mean if I were you, I would say it because I lack any kind of self sense regarding how cool I may or may not be. But you, I wouldn't say it because it sounds like something that somebody who isn't cool would say. Just stick with post-apocalyptic fiction. That's that's what I would do if I were you. Me, I can do whatever I want because I make the rules. Anyway, gone on a little tangent there. I've only read the first issue. And I, again, I started reading this because of the show. The show looks really good. And I thought, I, I thought it would be fun to try to get, I don't know, as far into the series as I can before the TV show starts. And then maybe at some point, maybe not every week, I can start talking about the TV show in relation to the comic book. That that might be fun. Maybe because the show is going to come out uh, one episode at a time, one week, one episode a week. And uh, maybe I can do what I'm planning on doing with What If. And I'm just I'm going to talk about those three episodes, three episodes at a time. I want to say real quick, um, as I'm recording this, I'm really not feeling it. <laughs> I don't know what that means for how this episode is going to turn out. But I'm sitting here recording and I'm just not feeling it. It's like everything I say I feel like is not coming out the way I want to say it. If you're a podcaster, you've probably had those days and you just soldiered on and continued with the show. It's easier if you are a 
a podcaster that's part of a group, if it's a multi-host, if you're part of a multi-host podcast group, it's probably easier for you when you feel like this because, you know, you can, in essence, really let the rest of the group carry the episode if necessary. When you're a single host podcast, you either just stop recording altogether and maybe try it again another day and hope that that day you're feeling it and the episode will sound a bit better. Or you just try not to worry about it and just keep going and hope that in the end, when you're editing the show and you're listening to it, you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't too bad. I found that that has happened more often than not. I'm recording an episode and I've just, throughout the whole thing, I just feel like it's coming out like a big old giant bag of poop. And then I go back and listen to it while I'm editing it. And I'm like, oh, I guess you never went that bad. It wasn't that bad at all. He says she sounds pretty good. It actually sounds not that bad at all. But uh, in my heed, I feel like it's coming out like a great, big, giant, stinking bag of poop. And I apologize to you now that A, it may sound like crap. B, I'm making a big stink. <laughs> stink, get it? Making a big stink out of nothing because then in the end it, it sounds okay. And that C, I'm just completely interrupting the train of thought talking about the book Why the Last Man to talk about something like this. But that's the way I've always done shows. If a, if a tangent comes up that I feel needs to be spoken about, the, the, the tangent is going to be spoken about. But what I was saying is, this is a book that I missed out on the first time around, never gone back to, to, to read it. It's always been one of those on my list that's been, sometime I've got to go back and read Why the Last Man. Books like that. Um, Sandman used to be on that list, uh, but I find that I, I upset a lot of people when I tell them that I've tried to read Sandman a couple times and I just can't get past the first couple issues. There's just something about it that just doesn't, really do anything for me. I, I, I can't explain it. But other books on that list are going to be like 100 Bullets, Fables, a lot of these Vertigo titles that were coming out when I had stopped reading comics. And I need to, I need, they, they're books that I think should be read. They should, if, if you're a, if you're a longtime comic book fan, there are certain books I think you need to at least sample, you need to at least give a try. And, and, and these are some of them. And Why the Last Man is one of those books. Now, I've only read the first issue because honestly, I woke up this morning. I had a different episode in mind, but I hadn't read the book and it was going to be an episode dealing with an entire trade. And I'd only read the first issue of the trade and I didn't feel like I had enough time today to read the whole book, the whole trade before I recorded the episode. So I thought, all right, well, I'll just ask folks if there's one single issue of a comic and, and I just I just put it out there. Marvel and DC only, if there's one single issue of a comic that you want me to read today and then record an episode about, let me know. And I got a few ideas, and one of them was my idea, which was Why the Last Man, and in the end, that's the one I picked. Uh, but the others I have placed on a list, and maybe I'll get to them at some point. The, ep the, the book that I was supposed to read for today's episode was Wind, which is now on my list of four books for y'all to choose from for September's book of the month. Again, I am tangenting like crazy. Let's get into this book. So the entire point of this series, or at least the uh, the kind of the elevator pitch, 
I'll read you the description of the first issue. This is the saga of Yorick Brown, the only human survivor of a planet-wide plague that instantly kills every mammal with the Y chromosome. Accompanied by his pet monkey, Yorick searches for his lost love and the answer to why he's the last man on Earth. Now, the funny thing about that description for the first issue, that's the solicitation for the first issue. That's more of having not read past the first issue. That feels more of a description of the series itself and not what you're going to get in the first issue. Because while you are introduced to York Brown, you are introduced to his pet monkey, Ampersand. Um, you are not, it's not until the end of the issue that you realize he may very well be the last man on earth. They don't even come out and say it, frankly. You're not 100% sure by the end of the, the, the first issue. It starts out with a woman who runs over to a, a police officer, a female police officer, and she's, she's panicking, you know, my, my husband or her kids, or I don't, I don't remember who it is, uh, just, just killed over and died. She needed some help. And the, the police officer is just basically ignoring her. And then, Finally, the officer says, it's look, it's not just you. It's every man. My my husband, uh, my partner, they they've all they just died. And I think she says, actually, let me just pull it up here on the old phone. She says all of the men are dead as she's holding her gun to her head, this police officer. So she's obviously decided to give up. That's what we're given with the first page of this book. So right away. If you're not 100% sure what this story is about, if you just picked it up sight unseen, you didn't read the solicitation, I think that first freaking page is going to is going to hook most people. It's it's an excellent first page. Really it's just simply five panels, five wide panels. The top panel is this woman who's panicking, she's got blood on her, she's yelling out something's wrong. The second wide panel is black. It's, it's, it's a title panel, like a, like a, like a title screen. It says Brooklyn, New York now. And then the other three panels are the, the woman running up to the police officer. Please, you have to help me. My little boys are sick. They're throwing up blood and I think they might. And then the police officer interrupts her. This I find very interesting. It's, it's, this is a, a technique used in this book that I'm sure I've seen hundreds of times before, but it's used all over the place in this book. So it really jumped out at me after a while. But her balloon, her word balloon, she's saying, my little boys are sick. They're throwing up blood. And I think they might. And that's as that's as much as you see, because then the police officer's word balloon, she's she interrupts her basically and says, there's nothing I can do. And they place that word balloon over the top of the bottom of this other lady's word balloon. So it's it's you can't help but read it as her being interrupted by the other character. And I find this, it's, you know, it's not something I've ever paid attention to before. It's one of these comic book techniques that, again, like I said, I've probably seen it hundreds of hundreds of times, but it's never stood out to me until I read this issue because it happens quite often in this issue. I mean, it happens a lot that eventually I'm like, wow, they just, they keep doing this. I mean, it happens in the third and the fourth panel of, of just the first page. And so the cop interrupts her. There's nothing I can do. The woman is like, what are you What are you talking about? You're supposed to help people. The police officer interrupts her again. It's too late. It's like this everywhere. My partner, my husband, all over the city, all over the world, maybe. It's the men. And then we got that last panel on the first page with the police officer and the gun to her head. 
all of the men are dead. Boom. That should hook you right away. Just that. I mean, that is a, that's an awesome first page to a comic that, that right there pulls you in. I mean, if, if I had walked into a comic book store and I saw this issue sitting on the shelf and I picked it up and I thought, well, what is this? Why the last man? What, you know, the, the, the cover has a dude on the front of it crouching with a straight jacket on and there's a capuchin monkey on his back. And then there's like a, a DNA strand behind him. You know, I may look at that and go, what's this about? And then open that first page and read that first page. I'd be like, all right, I got to pick up this book because that, that first, pa- that first page is just, that is an excellent example of how to hook your readers right away. And it's, it's, it's one of these, these things that they do here in this first book. Cause from there, that, you know, that starts out Brooklyn, New York. Now from there, the very next page, we go to Brooklyn, New York, 29 minutes ago. And this is when we meet Yorick. Yorick is a, he's a magician of sorts. He's a, uh, not like a, not like a wizard. He's a stage magician. He is hanging from a, He's hanging from his ankles in his apartment and he's got a straight jacket on. He's an escape artist and he's talking on the phone with his girlfriend who is in Australia. And we go throughout the rest of this issue, just meeting just a crap ton of characters. Not well, not a whole lot. We read, we meet, um, we meet somebody that is only referred to as agent three fifty five or, or, or three five five. And we find out that she's a member of the Culper ring, which honestly is something the first time I'd ever heard of the Culper ring was in a Brad Meltzer uh, comic. I almost said a Brad Meltzer novel. And I thought it was something that he created, but apparently it was a real thing. Some spy ring that George freaking Washington put together back during the revolutionary war. So she works for the president. Obviously we meet her in this book. We meet a, a scientist who is, in labor and she is, she's having a baby and we learn right away in the first issue that it's, it's a clone of herself. And we may even get a hint again. I haven't read anything past this first issue. So anything I know about what's going on after this issue is just all conjecture on my part, but she says something as, as all the men are dying, she, she says something to the effect of this is my fault. And so is because she, she comes to the hospital with her, uh, lab assistant and the doctor that is there to help in the emergency room used to be a student of hers. So you find out that she's a professor and uh, she explains to him because he says, who's, who's your doctor? And she says, I don't have one because how can you not have a doc, not have a doctor? You're, you're in your third trimester. And she's telling him that basically that she's six weeks early. She knows this isn't Braxton Hicks. This is true labor. He wants to know who her doctor is. She says she, she doesn't have one. And then she explains to him that she, she is the mother and the father of this child. It's a, it's a clone of herself. And he basically, he kind of freaks out a bit. He's like, well, we can't do this. This, this has got to be illegal. She explains that the man that's with her has been doing all the prenatal testing and whatnot. And that's when we learn that this guy is basically her lab assistant. And then. Again, once men start dropping dead, they, they're like vomiting blood and, and they're having seizures. And she she sees all this happening as she's going through labor and she she cries out something to the effect of this is my fault. So is that actually the case? I don't know. Well, I, I know I'm sure we'll find out. But whatever she has done, 
to create this clone of herself? Did it put something out there that is targeting mammals with the Y chromosome? Don't know. Uh, we're introduced to um, a soldier in uh, a female soldier in the in in the in the Middle East. Most of the characters that we're meeting, the main characters, of course, are all women because by the end of the book, all the men are dead except for Yorick. He he's as as all this is happening, he for some reason is still alive. They don't explain it. They don't come right out and say this is the only guy that's 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 hasn't died. They don't, they don't say it, but they show a lot of, there's a lot of panels depicting scenes all over the world, like, uh, you know, of like the Tokyo stock exchange or something like that. And you see all these dead bodies and they're all men. And, and you see these, these various locations all over the world showing the same thing, just all these dead men. And that's really kind of how the book ends or, or the, the issue. It's, it's a lot of setup. We, we meet a lot of characters uh, different characters from around the world. One of them is Yorick's mother, who is a U.S. representative. And um, we meet a woman who is an EMT, who I'm going to assume is Yorick's sister, because she gets a phone call at one point, and the way she, and it's her mother, and the way she talks to her, she says something like, "Have you overturned Roe versus Wade yet?" or something like that. So either her mother is a judge or a political figure of some kind. And the only reason I think that this woman is Yorick's sister is because she also makes a comment on the call with her mom. They're talking about their dad, uh, her dad. And she makes mention of uh, him giving his children the worst names in the world. And we find out her name is Hero. So her name's Hero. We got a kid named Yorick, whose mom is a political figure. Obviously, I'm thinking, obviously, these two are brother and sister, but the rest of the series, I guess, at this point is we find out what's going to happen. Why is Yorick and then Ampersand, who is a male capuchin monkey, why are these apparently the only two men, the only two males left alive? Now, here's something. I don't know if we're going to get into anything mystical, but at one point when he when Yorick is talking to his girlfriend on the phone, she's out hiking in the outback and he's talking to her on the phone and he mentions that. He he didn't get whatever job he was going after, um, but he made some money doing some magic in the park, uh, but he had to give half of it away to this police officer because the officer let him use his handcuffs. But then by the end of the book, he's telling her, I, I have to admit something to you. I completely lied. I didn't give half of my money to a police officer. I actually spent it. And he, as he's talking to her, he pulls out this, like this old wooden box. And he says he found this, this in a, in a magic shop. And it's supposed to be some kind of mystic treasure. And he goes, I don't want to do this over the phone, but I don't know when you're going to be back. And I need to do this now. Well, when he opens up the box, there, there's a ring in it. And he, he asks her to marry him over the phone. And that's when everything just goes to hell. I'm going to, I'm going to find that spot really quick on the on on the book i've got this on my phone so he says he spent the money nothing extravagant just a little trinket i found in that magic store i go to but it's what i've been so it's what i've been so nervous about because i know this is tacky to do over the phone but i keep having nightmares about you being eaten by dingoes so here goes everything and then he asks her to marry him and again that's when everything starts kind of crapping out um so the reason I'm wondering about this whole is there is there something mystic 
going on. He bought this little trinket in the back of a magic shop and he's holding it with ampersand, the capuchin monkey perched on his back as everything goes down. Is, is, was there something magical that stopped him and ampersand from dying with the rest of the men? I don't know. I'm really looking forward to reading more and seeing how this all turns out. Like I said, the trailer for the TV show looks really awesome. I know that there's a a lot of people. It's funny when the trailer came out just recently, it it got a lot of mixed emotions, got a lot of mixed reactions. Um, I saw like basically half the people who who I saw commenting about the trailer said that they're really excited. They love the book. Can't wait to see the show. The show looks really good. And then the other half were saying the book was really awesome. I really loved the book, but I just can't take another post-apocalyptic show right now. What is it about uh, these studios? Suddenly, you know, it's it's like post-apocalyptic has become the new zombie almost, which is also a post-apocalyptic genre. It's it's but we're we're going through a freaking pandemic, and we're getting shows like Sweet Tooth, which was is set in a post-apocalyptic world after a virus kills off most of the earth's population. And now we're getting why the last man, which is set in a post-apocalyptic world where something has killed off all the men. And, uh, you know, I get those reactions. I get that. It's like, look, I'm we're it's, it's like, we're already living through what's causing these post-apocalyptic worlds. Why would I, I need something light to escape into. And this is not something that I, I can escape into. It's too, it's darn it. It's just too freaking close to reality right now. And, and I get that. And I do find it kind of odd that these, these types of shows are coming out, but regardless, I love them. I, I find the whole idea behind, you know, a world that is no longer dependent upon technology, people having to, you know, they're being forced to try to, to, to survive in a world that no longer has electricity and, and combustion engines and, and, and all that junk. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I just find that kind of stuff fascinating. And the, and the fact that in this, in these world, in these post-apocalyptic worlds, you know, it's like, well, you could just read a fantasy novel. That's what those are. Those are people living in a world without electricity and without cars and without phones and, and no lights, no phones, no motor cars, not a single luxury. And yeah, that's true. But there's something about it being set in a world where you have people that, did live in a time where all of that stuff was there and now they're being forced to try to learn how to survive without it after having lived most of their lives with it. And then in some of these stories, you go even further and it is almost like a fantasy story. You've got the, the, the three or four generations distant that grew up in this post-apocalyptic world, but there's still the skeleton of the mo- the the modern world, you know, the past world around them. There's still these 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 buildings and and uh uh great, you know, husks of cars and trains and just, you know, with vegetation and and rot all over them. And I just I don't know, I find that massively appealing. I personally would not want to live in a time like that or have to live through that kind of crap. But as something to escape into I really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of why the last man, I don't know if I will do more episodes based on the issues because I do want to do episodes based on the show. 
But like I said, I may do like three or four episodes at a time as far as the TV show, watch three or four episodes. Maybe I'll even let them, you know, not watch them weekly and binge them. And then I'll do a, just another fanboy episode, talk about what I've just watched on the show and how it's compared to what I've read so far in the book. That might be kind of fun. Anyway, that's all I got, folks. Uh, remember to vote for September's book of the month. You've got until Friday the 20th to get your votes in. You can do that over at Twitter or on the or else Facebook group page if you want to go there. You have to ask to be a member, but I haven't denied anybody membership yet. So just come on over there and, and ask to be a member. Or you can just send me an email at just another fanboy. Or I said that completely wrong. Or you can just send me an email at feedback at just another fanboy. Until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated. Be nice to each other. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb.